I think we're really being challenged to think about how our actions can really influence society and our economies. And I think challenging that perspective that you can't be doing, can't do it. We see many, many places where they are putting it into practice. Welcome to the Supply Chain Ambassador Podcast. I'm your host, Bruno, helping you navigate the world of supply chain in a fun and engaging way. As public service procurement officers, we are encouraged to find ways to incorporate social procurement in our purchases. How can we leverage our buying power for social for the social benefit of businesses run by underrepresented groups, such as women, visible minorities, and persons with disabilities, while also ensuring environmentally friendly purchases? To help me find out how, please welcome Tori Williamson. Tori's project management, communications, marketing, and logistics experience ranges from transportation to education to tourism. She sees the importance in expanding objectives beyond price and quality in order to shape healthy, vibrant communities. As Director of Education and Communications, she spearheads engagement and works with purchasers and suppliers across the social procurement ecosystem. She sits on the Stronger Together Solidarity Working Group to help bring inclusion, diversity, equity, and accessibility to the social innovator sector. Currently, she is the project manager for the Surrey Community Employment Benefits Project, and she is also the lead for Buy Social Canada's Social Procurement Supplier Readiness Training Program. Welcome, Tori. Hi, Aruna. It's great to be here today. Can you tell us about the Social Procurement Professional Certificate Training? Yeah, absolutely. Um, This training first came about when we were speaking with some colleagues who really wanted to go further than our other training courses and introductory webinars um, have gone. They wanted to really get deeper into understanding social procurement, how it works and how they can work towards implementing it. So we collaborated, myself um, and David LePage by Social Canada's managing partner. We decided we wanted to work with Sarah Aspinall, who is uh, formerly procurement manager for the city of Calgary. The city of Calgary has been working on social procurement since 2018. So she really brought a wealth of experience on operationalizing social procurement. And so we put together this four part course and really went through all the different aspects that you need when you're approaching social procurement. And these cover things like learning, what is social procurement, policy, you know, what's the framework that you're gonna set that your actions are gonna follow, testing and doing, you know, how do you learn by iteration? How do you gather information and telling, measuring? So through storytelling and metrics and then leading, how do you become a social procurement leader? So we're really excited for this course. We've just finished the first cohort in September We're teaching a private version to some procurement professionals starting next week. And then we've got a full cohort in November and two cohorts in 2022. So we're really excited to kind of keep bringing on more cohorts and provide learning in a really collaborative, interactive environment. When I think of social procurement within my procurement realm, I always get uh, overwhelmed with uh, trying to think too much or trying to understand the great scope of it all. 
But I think within this, your format, you really break it down into a very digestible way. So why is what you do so important? Absolutely. Social procurement is such a powerful tool for taking the existing strategies and goals that we already have. You know, we all have objectives related to our communities. Our organizations have objectives. Government has many set out strategies to try and tackle challenging issues. But at the same time, we're spending money and procurement is working really hard to try to spend that money in the best way they can for the taxpayers. So why not bring those things together? And you're right, it can be really daunting and feel like, how do we do this? How do we make sure we're not violating the trade agreements? How do we make sure that we're still being fair and transparent in our procurements? So these are all things that we can tackle and it doesn't have to be super complicated. You know, we're lucky at Buy Social Canada, we don't have the trade agreement. So our procurement, purchase social procurement policy is literally whenever possible, we buy from a social enterprise. And it's like, it's elegant, it's easy, it's easy to remember. It becomes more complex when you start to think about trade agreements, but they absolutely do not limit you from participating in social procurement. And, you know, we were recently speaking at the Social Enterprise World Forum with a bunch of other international leaders in social procurement. And really the advice and the enthusiasm was just to start trying, you know, pick one project, see what you can do, learn from it, engage with the supplier community, start, start trying. Okay. Who is your ideal client? I mean, somebody who's passionate, right? Like we always want to work with people who are values aligned. So if you think that your work can do more for your community and you're excited about that, then this is a great opportunity for you to, you know, put put that into action and start really catalyzing to create social procurement opportunities. We outline a couple of examples of people who would be good for, you know, senior government leadership who is looking to improve social value and community outcomes. We talk about private leader, private sector leadership looking to use social value for a competitive advantage and to drive their business. Procurement staff absolutely are the ones really boots on the ground who are doing this work. So really important to have them there, but also, you know, other types of managers who are connected to purchasing, but maybe they're not working directly in procurement and they want to deliver on social value goals for their organization. So it really runs the gamut and we have public and private sector procurement in the course, which I think brings a nice mix. You know, you can learn from each other from the different approaches to procurement and it kind of adds a, a nice dynamism to the interactions. I, we often have working groups within the public service to help work on these social initiatives. You're also a very great option to have for departments or teams that maybe don't have working groups. Uh, what are some misconceptions people have? You know, people think, as I mentioned, is, is illegal, you know, we've <laughs> definitely been in meetings where people are like, nope, that's legal. We're not even going to entertain it. And it's interesting when we think about procurement and, you know, attitudes towards risk. And there currently isn't really any cases out there where somebody has challenged a decision based on a social value weighting in, a, in an RFX. Mm -hmm. And so I think that makes people really cautious. But I think, you know, especially following COVID, I think we're really being challenged to think about how our actions can really influence society and our economies. And I think challenging that perspective that you can't be doing, can't do it. We see many, many places where they are putting it into practice. Calgary has put it into over 70 RFXs and they're including social procurement in every single competitive bid that they're putting out. They're putting their social value questionnaire there. And that's really just getting a baseline. It's not 
you know, it's looking at current business practices. Who are you doing business with? And are they kind of aligning and supporting your existing goals? Um, other people, you know, misconceptions that it's quite complicated. And we try to find tools that can make that, you know, reduce that questionnaire. Having standardized questions across bids is a great way to have it be less complicated. It means that the evaluators are marking the same questions. It means that bidders are responding to the same questions, even able to improve their answers. So we've even seen that on those Calgary examples where a bidder responded and scored maybe a three, but then over time they looked at the questions and were like, oh, we can start doing these things. We can put in place a social procurement policy. We can start tracking who we're, who we're contracting with. We can um, think about what our inclusive hiring practices are. And those are great things that are going to support the community goals and really shift the needle on what's what's happening and what the purchasing dollars are going towards. So those are a couple of them. Other times there's always the cost. People are like, ah, but it costs more. And really, really, I think it depends. You know, I think you can do it and not have it cost more. Um, in our construction guide to social procurement, we look at infrastructure projects and look at different delivery models. So we kind of had a conversation yesterday where we were looking, you know, some of these models, if you do, oh gosh, this is going to be a challenging one. I think if you do like a lump sum bid where it's like just price and it's kind of everything's been designed and you've just got the specs and you want somebody to add in additional social value, then it might cost more. But if you do a more collaborative model that starts to think about the social procurement much earlier on in the project, then that's going to be, then it won't cost more because it's kind of been bundled it in together. And it's been something that everybody's at, but has been at the table to say, okay, this is what can and can't be done. And I think that's really important. Collaborative from the beginning rather than having it as an afterthought for sure. I, I think that's always so important in social procurement, like collaboration, you know, you can't set an objective and then not have any suppliers or in the community that can deliver on that. That's just going to lead to failure. So I think really thinking collaboratively and iteratively is going to be powerful to having success. What would you say to those who are unsure or uncertain? You know, I think we've got so many resources available that, that are there to support you. You know, you've got free resources on our website. We're doing lots of webinars and workshops. The professional certificate is a fantastic program um, that really goes through the nitty gritty of it all. We can come in and do um, customized workshops and supply chain audits with teams. And I think, you know, I think we just have to take that leap of faith and, you know, you have to try. And um, it's really about what do you, what are you going to create for community impact and community benefit? And if that's something that you feel is important and aligned with your values, then why not take that leap? What can people expect during the course of the training? So it's a four part training course. Um, we designed it thinking about adult learning. And I know I'm sure you're aware we're all kind of tired of being on front of our computers and on Zoom. <laughs> so we really had that in mind. I know I sometimes feel like I live on my computer. Um, so we're really thinking about how can we create a learning environment that's going to be engaging um, and is going to help people share their learnings too, right? Because person facilitating presenting isn't the only teacher in the room. We all have experience and knowledge we can share. So there's two hours per per um, session. And we're during those two hours, there's opportunity for group discussion. There's breakout rooms, there's interactive activities. I'm like the type of person when I'm working, I was like to like doodle and draw. So it's like, okay, how can we think about applying some of the things that we're learning while we're learning them so that they kind of stick if that's some way that helps you learn. So there's homework included as well in the session. So in order to get the professional certificate, if you're going to take the course for professional development and want to be able to have that 
as something that verifies that you've completed the course, you need to attend the full eight hour, four part course and then submit all of your homework. And, you know, they're not meant to be like daunting projects. It's like you could spend an hour on it a week and be able to get it done, but it's meant to help you start thinking about, okay, how do I start to apply this? How do I bring this into my work? And so in a way that's really approachable. So I think it's, it's great. And we've had awesome, awesome feedback. So we're really excited about the course and excited to keep adding more, more cohorts. I know I'm particularly excited about the masterclass, the social procurement masterclass that's being held by, by Social Canada coming up. So uh, looking forward to that one. Yeah, are you gonna be joining? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Can you share some testimonials? Yeah, um, I took a few notes. So this is one. So everything I heard was pretty much a new learning. I really love the examples and that Sarah Aspinall brought to the, the sessions from her experience working at the city of Calgary and working in both public and private procurement. I enjoyed having being able to apply the processes in the breakout sessions and to hear others' opinions on how they would do things. So again, that's that shared learning, which I think is so, so valuable as you collaborate and learn together. Another testimonial was the course specialists were a great resource with a lot of experience and knowledge. It was great to have a variety of industry, private and public involved to understand the different perspectives. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. What makes your product different from others in the market? Well, I don't know if there are any other in-depth courses on social procurement. We did a bit of a scan and didn't, didn't see any. And so I think, you know, by Social Canada, we're really leaders in this space. And even, you know, at that um, international conference a few weeks ago where we were speaking with other procurement leaders, there's lots happening in different places. Every ecosystem is different, but Canada is really doing a lot of impressive work when it comes to social procurement. Really exciting to see what's, what's happening here and to be able to learn from that. So that's really important that we've, we're really drawing on a wealth of experience and examples for the work that we're presenting and the learning that we're sharing. And I think to me, the, the format, the interactive virtual learning really appeals to me. I think a lot of courses that you find now are video recordings, which allow you flexibility in when you attend and when you kind of work on them, but it doesn't mean that you're making those connections. And I think in our course feedback, we really heard that people valued getting to connect with other people who are sharing those same learnings and learn from each other. So I think that was a great format that really helps people stay engaged in the online learning environment and, and really absorb things better. Uh, what challenges have you faced and how did you overcome them? You know, it was pretty hard getting it down to an eight hour course, which um, might seem like a lot, but there's just so, so much you can learn about, you know, I, our whole team, you know, by Social Canada, we're not a big team, but we all work full time on social procurement. So there's so much happening and there's so much to learn. And so I think it's a really, we were really um, intentional about what was included and what wasn't and made sure that all the key topics and all the key pieces that you would need to start to build your social procurement practice were there. But, you know, we could go off and do different stories and all these other examples. So there's always more to learn, but I think we did a good job of trying to wrap it all together. How can listeners find out more information? You can check out our website. So buysocialcanada.com in the, uh, I think it's in the training section under services. And we've got the outline there for the course and the application form is there too. So you apply and then we'll review your application. We've got our cohorts, as I mentioned. So one in 
November is full, February and April have space. So yeah, they're filling up fast, which is really exciting. And if anybody has any questions, we're of course available to reach out directly and you can email me, Tori at bisocialcanada.com. Any call to action? Come register. We would love to have you come participate and share your learnings. I think, you know, public sector procurement is doing a lot of great work at different levels. And I think we all have an opportunity to learn from each other and would love to have others participate. Oh, fantastic. Well, you've answered all my questions that I had. I will end today's podcast with the quote of the day from Lucius Seneca, who was a Roman Stoic philosopher who once said, a gift consists not in what is given or done, but in the intention of the giver or doer. So I think this speaks to us thinking beyond what we're purchasing and buying and speaks to more of us having the right intention of having those purchases benefit our social enterprises beyond what uh, we, we normally would purchase. That's that. Thank you for coming again on this podcast. We had one with you earlier in the year and it's just great to follow up with you to learn a little bit more about social procurement. So this is very exciting uh, for me and the listeners. So thank you for coming to do this. Thanks, Bruno. Always a pleasure.